everyone, welcome back to LEU. Today I am back with another Daily Dose episode. However, unlike today, I have a very special guest with me. We have none other, none other than Mr. Sideline. What's up, guys? My name is Thomas. Um, I'm, I f- it feels great to be here. I'm really excited to get this going. Um, I actually run my own podcast called Mr. Sideline Sports Talk. I just talk about basketball and football around two times a week. Uh, it's pretty awesome. I think you'd like it. Um, but I'm excited to be here. Sweet. Thank you. So for today, we have our topic that from a post I made on DTG recently. If you don't know what it is, check out Discuss the Game on the App Store or Google Play Store. So I made a post recently as LeBron Bandwagon, which is my username. And I made a post on these three teams that will look to complete or take steps forward in their rebuild this offseason. This season has been a really crazy season until lockdown. Players rising up, players rising up shrinking down I guess for lack of a better word and there have been three teams that have caught my attention one because of 2k and two others because of the number one and number two pick in the draft so the first team we're going to look at is the Hawks so T-Sets what are your first impressions on the Hawks from this season uh the Hawks I just think like I look at them uh, and I see some very impressive things you know Trey Young taking that humongous leap you know John Collins just really underrated at this point. I feel like people just look at the drug test and be like, oh, this guy's, um, and they just make all these assumptions. But he's a really good basketball player. And I think all the pieces are there for the Hawks to be a really, really good team in the future. But no matter which way you look at it, it was a disappointment for them this year. I mean, the defense was absolutely atrocious. They were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league last year. Um, And I just think I'm... I just think there's still a lot of work to be done with this team. I think defense is the first thing they really need to address this offseason. I like the move to acquire Clint Capella because it can, it can kind of make up for uh, Trey Young's shortcomings. You know, if a guy beats Trey Young off the dribble and attacks the basket, Clint Capella is going to be there to send that into the stands. Um, and it'll also, you know, cover some slack for John Collins. Uh, I think Hunter will be able to take a leap as a defender, maybe Cam Reddish too. I personally like Hunter more than Reddish, and I think Hunter can be a great player in this league with more opportunity. But I think ultimately they have to look at defense this offseason. Three-point shooting, as they get better, the three-point shots are going to start dropping. But defense is something that I'm not really sure they're going to completely improve. I think they should look for some defensive specialists this offseason. I would take a look at a guy like Andre Roberson. I know he hasn't played. He has been. I did contemplate using um, looking at Andre Roberson, though. However, he hasn't been playing for a while. And that lack of play can really um, damage a player's game. So I did look at Andre Roberson. However, I do have some free agents here who are lined up that are set to be free agents this year from who I would say are recycled players of the NBA. Right. I think with the with the Hawks, like don't you don't have to go after a big fish this offseason. Like right now I think you kind of just look for these Definitely. specialists that help improve your team. I don't think you need to go out there and spend twenty mil um on some potentially major free agent. Definitely. Cause this offseason, unlike last year, this one is more like focus on your bench, better your bench instead of getting that star player. Anthony Davis will hopefully re-sign to the Lakers. Please, for the love of God, re-sign with the Lakers. You have Gordon Hayward, who has been not the same from the Jazz since his injury. 
If Hassan Whiteside, who was majorly overpaid by the Heat, then traded to the Blazers, so he's going to take a hit in his contract. So, and if we also look at who is going to be a free agent from the Hawks this season, there is Jeff Teague. And before we move on to the draft and free agency, I just want to look at who the Hawks' young core is right now. At point guard, they have Trey Young. Shooting guard, they have Kevin Herter and DeAndre Bembry. Small forward, they have Hunter and Reddish. Power forward, they have John Collins. And center, I was surprised when I found this out, but Clint Capella is only 26, 27 years old. And then they have Damian Jones and Bruno Fernando. So the Hawks' young core is there. They just need to get better veterans and more leaders. But firstly, we'll look at the draft. And like you said, they have problems in perimeter defense. So the first player that I want to look at is LaMelo Ball. Mm. Like, again, with the Hawks, you have to look at defense here. I mean, even in the draft, like, LaMelo and Trey, that would be amazing offensively. The main thing that I like about LaMelo, though, is his height and his defensive potential is there with his length. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you look at Lonzo. Lonzo... You know, a lot of people, people certainly thought uh, he had a higher chance of being a great defender than people think LaMelo will be a great defender. But I, I'm just not completely sure. It's, the big thing right now is effort for him. Like, it, he has all the tools, like you said, six foot eight, but he's just severely lacking in terms of. Effort. He's six foot eight. I thought it was like six, eight. Nah, he's six, eight. He is super, super tall for a point guard. Bro, okay. Um, and there, if there's one prospect that does screen defense, it's none other than Isaac Okoro. Definitely. How do you say his name? Okoro? Okoro, I think. Okoro, okay. okay. Sorry, Isaac, if you are somehow listening to this, please do. Um, this dude is the best defender, perimeter defender in this draft, in my opinion. Uh, I think he has the potential, he definitely has the potential, and I also think he's more of a sure thing. I think... If you look at a guy like Anthony Edwards, at his, I would say, defensive ceiling, I may take him over Okuro, but the fact that Edwards is going to be carrying more of a load offensively, and Okuro, I'm not fully sold on Isn't the greatest offensive player. Exactly. So I think he will have to focus more on the defensive side of the ball, and ultimately, I just I just don't really like Okuro. I don't think he's going to be anything great in the NBA. That's just my truthful, but I think he can be a very impactful defender. If the Hawks get, like, somewhere from the 5 to the 8 range, I'd probably take Okuro. If we look at um, that statement, though, they don't, the Hawks don't need another specialist, like you said. Uh, another star player, like you said, they just need a specialist, specifically perimeter defense. Exactly. So Okuro will definitely suit this team. And they could do a forward combo with Hunter and Okoro, and then shift Reddish to the possibly the two, and then they have a three. They have a, a depth of Herder, Bembry, and Reddish at shooting guard. So I reckon that will be nice for them, and maybe maybe even shifting Bembry to the one, because he is a good playmaker. So honestly, there's there's a lot of shifting. There's a lot of rotation shifts there, but I reckon Okoro is the best pick for them. That's that's pretty solid. I think what I would do is is just because I think Hunter is destined to take another leap, and I kind of don't want. Um, I, I kind of want to see Okoro in the starting lineup. To me, their weakest hole is shooting guard at the moment. Kevin Yarder is solid, um, and he's a great shooter and all. Don't get me wrong, but like in, his defense is severely lacking. And having a Trey Young, Kevin Yarder defensive backcourt is gonna allow you to like allow teams 
to put up like 130 points a game. Like that's just not a recipe for success. And I think Okoro could somewhat cover Trey Young's defensive shortcomings. And then you would have, you know, the rotation between Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter at the three. That's ultimately what I think they should go with. Speaking of holding shooting guards, that leads us to free agency. Eric Gordon. Okay. All right. He will probably be quite expensive, though, probably 15 million. Yeah, that's the only... However, 3 and D veteran, chemistry with Capella, has already has a 50-point game this season. He's a good leader, and he may be a little expensive, but he's not too expensive. He would, he would immediately help Herter as a mentor. He would help Reddish as well as a mentor. He provides defense, and he provides three-wall, which Herter does as well. Yeah, I like it. I just think... If if Gordon is willing to sign for about 12 to 15 mil, then yeah, I mean, great, sign him right away. But if he's looking at like, if he's looking for around 20, 21 million dollars a year, I'm just, I'm saying no on that. I don't know. That's a big no. Gordon, how old is Gordon? Is he like 30 years old? If I, wait, let me check that. Eric Gordon at age is 31. So signing him on like a one or two year million, but sorry, one one or two year contract. Yeah, I reckon we have It's it's solid, but I think if you're wasting like twenty mil on a guy who's like thirty one years old, probably exiting his Definitely prime. Redu- maximum fifty yeah. mil. Maximum. 50 mil. I agree. Yeah. Um, some other free agency I looked at. Um, this year's free agency class, by the way, is yeah, it's weak compared to last year's. So. Guy that may not be on everyone's radar, Tory Craig. Okay. From the Nuggets, solid defender at the small forward position. However, his size isn't there, so definitely sh- um shifting into the shooting down position or shifting Cam Reddish again to the shooting down position. Tory Craig um is like twenty six, I think. He's not the best offensive weapon, but he can definitely lay a foundation for the Hawks' perimeter defensive problems. Um, but another veteran, of course, is. The most probably the most recycled player for contending teams, Jay Crowder. Mm. This dude has been on more teams than I can't think of an analogy right now, but he's been on a lot of teams. <laughs> yeah, he's been on like I can't. He went from oh lord, how many teams? How many Dallas teams? to Boston to to Cleveland yeah, to Cleveland, and then. To Utah, Utah? yeah, and then, and then Memphis, and then to, and then Miami, Miami, yeah, and then probably, hopefully, to Atlanta. But despite all, despite all the comings and goings of Jay Crowder, he's still a solid player, solid three point shooter, solid veteran, and Loki has, has a really cool hairstyle. So. I, I, I reckon that. Jay Crowder signs with resigns with Miami. I think that. Yeah, that's the that's the one problem that I see with this. Yeah, I reckon, he, he, I think he likes Miami. A lot of guys just really like Miami. I mean, no taxes and, you know, the Miami Beach and just living that lifestyle. And not to mention... Seriously, y'all don't have taxes in Miami. Oh, yeah, like, I reckon that if you're, like, if you're a, a player, you'll probably, like, a good, decent player, you'll probably want to go play with Miami, especially considering if you look at that team, like, Jay Crowder kind of fits that style, like, that gritty, 
um, like that hard nose style. Like I think he's going to be a good fit with Jimmy Butler. I think he's going to mesh with that squad just because of the mentality that the Heat have as a team. And so ultimately, I he signs for sure. But I think he'd be a great fit with Definitely. the Hawks too. Definitely. So moving on from the Hawks, uh, we'll go into the team that had the number one overall pick this season, the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I'll read out their young core uh, depth chart. Depth chart first. At point guard, they have Alonzo and Frank Jackson. At shooting guard, they have Drew Holiday and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Geeks has a long game. Shoot, uh, small forward, they have All-Star Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart. Power forward, they have Zion. At center, they have Okafor and Hayes. Their veterans are J.J. Redick and Favors, who are their notable veterans. Oh, and Holiday, who I already mentioned, but yeah. I mean... Just looking at right now, there's obviously a lot of great things. I think now this this is probably going to be a little bit bold. It, like in terms of the Pelicans, I would resign Brandon Ingram just because he's too talented to get rid of. But in terms of Brandon Ingram, both. In in terms of like looking okay. at, through Brandon Ingram's eyes, I wouldn't want to resign with the Pelicans because oh okay because I. It comes down to team success versus personal. Exactly. And I think that the team success, like the, the Pelicans look at their roster and they say, you know, we're going to have more team success with Zion. Like Brandon Ingram was having a great individual year, but the Pelicans weren't really doing anything. Like they, they weren't winning. Then Zion comes in. They start to get all this buzz for making the playoffs. They start to get on, you know, a couple of winning streaks here and there. And I think ultimately Zion is going to be a bigger and better prospect and or not prospect, excuse me, player than Brandon Ingram ever was. And I think if you're trying to win basketball games, I'll take Zion over Brandon Ingram all day. If it's now in the Yo, future, think... that's just my opinion. Sorry, that's how you finish finishing. So I feel I feel bad for really for Brandon Ingram. He was promising for the Lakers. LeBron comes in. Goes to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis, doing well, had an all-star season. In comes the quote-unquote next LeBron, and now he has to leave as well if he wants to continue to shine. Where? I feel like this dude is like eternal number two. I know. Where would where would you, if you were Brandon Ingram though? Like, where would you want to? Would you want to go to like maybe New York? Like, I know that sounds crazy. New York. New York was the first thing that came to my mind. R.J. Barrett, Robinson, New York. Um, Brandon Ingram. And whoever they have get right dropped. Young like, sorted. Young They probably won't win much, but that's that's a great place for personal success. Right? Like he's gonna be able to go in there and put up like twenty seven points per game. Not to mention the Knicks could be, you know, a fringe playoff team, probably. I mean, outside there's a clear top seven in the east with the Celtics. Yeah, well, remember James Dolan still alive, so you may want to calm down there. Yeah, but, that's true. But I'm the, I mean, on the fringe, like there's a clear top seven like in terms of the eastern conference you got the bucks the raptors celtics heat pacers sixers and the nets obviously next season but then after that there's a lot of questions i mean a team like the bulls or the hawks could take another leap or maybe the wizards add someone but the knicks they, they could be up there too honestly if they added brandon ingram yeah um so we'll move on to draft. I only have one prospect written down, really. It's Devin Vassell, 3-and-D forward. Already adds to the elite perimeter defense that the Pelicans have. He has a downgrade from Ingram, but they do have Zion. The only problem, though, if they don't re-sign Ingram, 
is if Zion does get injured again, they don't have a clear-cut option they can go to. So if I was Ingram, I'd probably stay with the Pelicans. Of course, I value team success over personal success. But I've, I see Brandon Ingram resigning. I hope he does resign because the Pelicans have a really solid roster there with Brandon Ingram. And I could see... I can see a title there in 2026, 27, maybe. Yeah, 25. that's yeah, that's reasonable, yeah. I would say. So far away. Um, so that's the only prospect I have, at least one A and one else. But we sort of have to move on here to free agency because time is running out. So moving on to free agency. I have three. Okay, so I've re-signed Baron Ingram, which we just talked about. Um, I have three players here. So one of the eyeing needs that the Pelicans need is a stretch four. Favors is on fourteen percent, three one percentage, so that's abysmal. Zion will probably is a can shoot, but like he will be focusing on driving the right. game. So I think to solve their spacing problems, um, Davis Bertans. Oh yeah, it. big time. Joe Harris is also another good shooting guy they can have. A ba- basically a younger Riddick. Um, here's an interesting thing: if Ingram does walk, how do you think? Pelicans would do if they sign Gordon Hayward. Uh, well, Hayward is obviously a clear downgrade from Ingram. Ingram doesn't really fit that well. Like I, I, I mean, that may be a bit of a hot take, but he just doesn't really fit that well this team. Where I feel as though Gordon Hayward wouldn't really take as many touches away as a guy like Ingram is going to. Like. Ingram it's going to come in, he's going to take like 17, 18, maybe 19 shots per game. Whereas Gordon Hayward, you know, he's going to maybe take like, take like 10, yeah, 11. like, like 10, 11, maybe 12 shots a game. Like he's just, he's going to be, he's going to be a good player, but not as good as Ingram, but he's not going to demand nearly as many touches as a guy like Ingram is going to. Hmm. Interesting. I'd say if they do sign Hayward, he can provide scoring, doesn't doesn't provide great defense. However, he can be um, a very good second or third option for the Pelicans. He also provides veteran leadership. He does know, well, I guess, he's probably like a long shot, but like he can help Zion if he does like recover from injury because he know what it's like to recover from like a big injury. So I reckon Hayward, he will probably opt into his $32 million contract with the Celtics. Otherwise, he'll only get like 12 to 15 million a year um but if they do let ingram walk i reckon hayward could be a good replacement not an upgrade definitely a downgrade but it can be like a sort of solid replacement yeah i'd see what you're saying i mean if we're talking about like spacing the floor and stuff i'd look at a guy like dario saric he is a restricted free agent but i'm not sure the sons are like woo let's make sure we keep dario saric i also look at a guy like kelly olenic who I don't know, though, because the Suns aren't the smallest That's true. team. But I look at another team like um, – not team, excuse me. They look. I look at another player like Kelly Olenek. He does have a player option, but uh, he could be just, you know, either a stretch four, stretch five. He could leave the heat in the season. Yeah. Um, and then I guess if they really wanted to invest, uh, invest money, they could go Danilo Gallinari. Ooh. That's interesting because um, I was thinking about um, putting D, uh, Gallinari there. However, he his prime position is a power forward, um, and he does require the ball a lot, which I don't. Which is basically similar to Ingram. Yeah, but he's not like he's not like a ball handler like 
like Ingram is. Like Ingram is just like a a ball handler guy. He likes to bring it up. He likes to do a little facilitating, a little scoring. He likes to run an offense where Gallinari is more of an uh, spot-up shooter in the corner. And sometimes he likes to ISO out of the post or he likes to um, post up and shoot a mid-range. Like the, he just doesn't like bring the ball up as much. Trust me, from watching oh, a lot of OKC games, Oh, yeah, you're a Thunder yeah. fan. I forgot about that. I haven't seen too much in Gallo this season, only from what I've seen with the Clippers um, and a few, like, when they did play the Lakers. So um, you definitely have a lot you, know, you have a lot more solid opinion on Gallo. But from what I from what I know, um, I prefer to have Ingram. Oh, for sure. Him. Definitely. But yeah. I'm just saying, if you're looking for a guy who maybe is, A, going to be cheaper – B isn't going to demand as many touches. I'm saying maybe you could look at a guy. Like yeah, that's true. So Pelicans hopefully take some steps forward. Uh, definitely should get a new coach, in my opinion. Owen Gentry. I hate him. Coach, I don't like him. If, if he looks like Stephen A. Smith, then you already know you need to move on. So moving on to the next team, final team. Dang, okay. This is, sorry, guys. That was a really long Daily Dress episode. Uh, it's fine, because we have a special guest. We might as well cheat our guests with respect. So our last team is the Memphis Grizzlies. I am super high on the Memphis Grizzlies. I am a little bit of a Grizzlies fan, not going to lie. Um, I'll read out their young dip core again. Uh, point guard, number two pick, Morant. Shooting guard, Dylan Brooks. Small forward, Winslow and Josh Jackson. Power forward, um, Triple J and Carl Anderson. Center, um, I just put Brandon Clark here, just so that I don't have to use another row on my post. Um, but they also have Jonas as their starting center, though. So the immediate thing that sticks out for me is they don't really have any veterans on their team. Like, Jonas, but that's it. They also don't have good depth at their guard position as well. If Tyus Jones, but he probably won't be the guy they would need going forward. So immediately, I already have some free agents to stick out. Um, but for the draft, though, we'll go with the draft first. There won't they won't be a lottery pick because they're, they're currently the eighth seed. So when I went on NBA Draft on there, and I found this dude. His name is Zeke Ninamji. Don't know who this is. Apparently, he's a great rebounder and a good stretch center. Very athletic and just needs explosiveness, but the Grizzlies are great at developing talent. Um, but if you have any better prospects, be my guess. I, I don't know anyone else. Um, hmm. To be honest, I don't have an amazing one, but I actually have a pretty solid one. I look at a guy like Josh Green, kind of, because he is a really, he's a really athletic shooting guard. He plays for Arizona. He's got a lot of offensive game and I think eventually down the line he could either a he could probably slide over to the small forward if he becomes that good and becomes a starter level player or b he could just be like that sixth man bucket getter um that you really need um he does not look like an yeah Aussie. I, I yeah he does not look like an Aussie at all oh my god um okay so Guard, guard depth, I reckon they'll sort out in free agency, though. Yeah. um, I don't have anyone, like, where I'm like, oh, yeah, they definitely should sign him. Maybe look at a guy like Jeff Teague just as, like, a solid facilitator. Jeff, yeah. If Jeff Teague does leave the Hawks this offseason, which I can't see happening, um, he basically becomes 
Jeff Takey doesn't need to be a scorer, which is good. He is a great playmaker, a great leader, um, playoff experience, which is really important for the um, Grizzlies right now, considering they are in that playoff contention now. Um, another guy I had was, this is sort of a hot take, I guess, Harry Giles III from the Kings. Okay. I, no, I'd like that. He will be an, he'll be an unrestricted free agent this season after the Kings and I his fourth-year option. He's a great young center who was explosive and competitive. In my opinion, he will fit nicely alongside Clark or Triple J. Um, he would be a good six-man, in my opinion, good six-man center, um, good defender, interior scorer. Um, but if you want someone at the center position who needs probably more experience, you could look at a guy like Aaron Baines, who has who can shoot from outside despite his ugly jump shot. He's not expensive, not a bad pickup. And Jonas and Baines could be similar to Ibaka and Gasol for the Raptors. Uh, a guy that I am kind of looking at for the Grizzlies, it's kind of it, it. It could be a pretty good signing, or it could just be meaningless. Jeff Who? Levy. That would be Jeff awesome. Levy. I just don't think it makes the most sense. I feel like Fev is too talented to just be off the bench. He's going to resign with the Raptors. Yeah, I think he will. Though. But I look at Alonzo Trier. Alonzo Trier has kind of just been. A, a representation of the New York Knicks' uh, mediocrity and incompetency. So I think that if you sign him as just to be a sixth-man bucket getter, just someone who goes out there and gets you 12 to 13 points per game and gives you a real spark off the bench, he won't be asking for too much because his trade value has been completely tanked after this year. Um, I think that he could just be a potentially good low-key signing for them. Interesting. Another player that um, I think that could go here is Goran Dragic. Um, I may have mentioned him earlier for the Hawks, but there's another guy I see that can potentially fit alongside Morant. Morant. He did a good job with the Heat this season as a backup point guard for Kendrick Nunn. Um, so I reckon if he has that same mentality, same leadership with Morant and Brooks, he could definitely elevate their game while providing a spark off the bench as well. Yeah, I... I like that. I like that a lot. The only thing with him is I don't want to pay him too much money because he's probably like he's already 32, 33 years old. He's yeah, he's like 32. He's probably going to get only like another 12, 13 million, not not like a 20 million contract similar to the um, to the Eric Gordon um, scenario that we discussed earlier. Uh, I'd probably give him I I may just keep him for one year and see how it goes. Like maybe give him like one year, fifteen mil, one year, fourteen mil, somewhere around that ballpark. Yeah, and then see what happens. And then if he's, you know, if he appears to still be a competent basketball player, then keep him um, for a couple more years at a cheaper price. This, the more I look at this free agency for this offseason, the more I just think about the two K strategy. 2K strategy of just, like, getting free right. assets. It's like, even if you get players that don't fit your team, but can be good for trade value, that's probably a, a strategy that one team will go for this offseason, because there isn't great talent for this offseason. Not really any game changers, like we said earlier, just specialists. I reckon if a team goes for maybe a bench, but overloads at a couple positions so that they can trade their second or third stringer for a better second or third stringer. Um, that's probably how some teams may proceed with this offseason. Right. I'm thinking – so with this class, 
outside of Anthony Davis, who is most likely going to resign, I, I there's like you said, there's no game changers unless Brandon Ingram decides to leave in the Pelicans, make him an uh, unrestricted free agent. But it's very deep on role players, so I feel like teams that are in contention or are looking to take that next step are going to really benefit because there are just a lot of these role players and specialist players that at the end of the day, they aren't going to make a big impact, but a guy like Davis Bertans, brilliant floor spacer, pretty good defensively, solid rebounder. Like he's just going to be the perfect fit for, you know, a contending team that just wants to take that next step. Like, obviously you're not going to get a game changer like last year, but there were so many big free agents, but this year it's just a class of role players who are going to really benefit your team, but not at an extremely high level. Like they're not going to turn your franchise around. Yeah. Um, so unless you have anything, any final words, I think that wraps us up for this daily. No, I'm, I'm great. It was, it was uh, awesome to be on here. I hope I can get back in the future. Yo, definitely. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you do check out Mr. Sideline on Spotify. And also, if you guys do decide to download Discuss the Game, check us out. I'm at LeBron Banner again. He's at T-Stapes. We both run at Young Guns. Make sure you check us out on Spotify and Discuss the Game and IG as well. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye.